0: That's bluenile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. bluenile.com.
1: We return to Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number 1 hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. in Edmonton, it's Brendan Escott with you today as Bob and the Oilers travel back from Florida. Pretty good place to have an extra day to burn, I would suggest, and I think the weather held out for them, so all is well there. A chance to rest up and, and really maybe put a bookmark in sort of the first segment of the season, if you will. I think Cal on the text line here has pointed out it's, it's been a pretty difficult schedule for Edmonton out of the gate. And I don't say that to make excuses. I just say that to highlight that at 9-7 and seven right now, preseason, I don't think I, I had them sitting at 9-7. and seven. This is better than a 500 hockey team, but they've got some things that certainly need adjusting. The defense hasn't necessarily been up to snuff. The penalty kill has been... Well, an abomination! to put it nicely and uh, we're still answering some questions in goals. so 780-496-0063 give me a text uh, and we'll get to it probably at the 105 segment today give me a call then too would love to hear from you but for now let's send it to our NHL insider brought to you each week by legacy heating and cooling whether it's heating or cooling you need get it with no payments and no interest for a year that's how you build a legacy legacy heating and cooling John thanks for hopping on to Today. How's it going?
0: Well, I, I'm doing fine, but you know, I mean, the, you know, last I checked, this is hockey season. Now, what is this to getting stuff or getting a day off to be in Florida for an extra day? I, I'm. I'm going to have to send a memo to somebody. I know. Well, he'd never tell you about that, but he will tell you about the 50 straight weeks he did work. So, <laughs> um, hey, <laughs> contrasting- well, no. He, by the time it's all over, Brendan, by the time it's all over, yesterday will be a work day for Bob, and he'll be telling us how hard he worked yesterday. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, listen, the contrasting performances,
1: John, I would suggest, at least in the final two games of this road trip. Uh I, I think that we need to just start by addressing Jack Campbell's performance in that Carolina game. Not something that we haven't seen out of him or other goaltenders before, but what I am seeing is is a lot of the, uh, the I, I say the body language, and I, I don't want to pick on him, John, but there was a lot of body language that spelled defeat to me in that game against Carolina.
0: Well, he played brutal. Yeah. Jack knows he played brutal uh I, you know jack has never masked his emotions he's always worn it on his sleeve and i think depending on you who you talk to that's a, a good or a bad thing uh, you know the frustration of that loss uh, wears on everybody i i think the frustration of two similar style goals over over a three-game period where the puck you know gets caught in the webbing of the glove and still goes into the net is frustrating um there are some mechanical things he, he needs to work on that's that's the biggest challenge for he and dustin schwartz and uh, until that happens you can only hope that he can he, he can be mentally strong enough to to play through it um you, you know he's uh, he's more concerned than any oiler fan who's listening or watching I can guarantee you that he, he wants to be good uh, he has a desire to be a difference maker for this hockey club so it's not for the lack of trying
1: yeah it, well you would never fault him for that what I did see was a compilation essentially of the comments about how pathetic his play is and how much better he like he is very quick to fall on the sword in the media in particular and i guess you know to to each their own um i wonder how his teammates perceive that when he's taking heaping the accountability onto himself and it's not all on him these chances that are getting surrendered uh, you know some of the time of course, you got to blame the defense too.
0: Yeah, but, but, but I, I guess I guess my analysis of of what's going on, uh, Brendan, is you know we can sit here and and really harp on the seven two loss in Raleigh, uh, but we you know we weren't talking too much about Jack Campbell after the three two victory in Tampa, the night before uh and it goes back to something that you and i talked about last week and that is consistency that's what this team really needs it, it needs some consistency when you think about uh, the the highs and lows of of this road trip alone in you know, a washington where they couldn't kill a penalty better than a, a bunch of boy scouts uh was an issue then the tampa game and even losing Evander Kane and playing so well as a team and seeing some, some strong efforts of some guys that, that have been lacking like Warren Fogel. Then the frustration of Raleigh and then to go back and play a, a, a really strong team game in Sunrise to me is, uh, is, it has its own redeeming values. But uh, now I know why coaches get gray hair. <laughs> because that's what you're trying to preach and trying to look at and say, listen, can we please get rid of the, you know, the, the 5-4 losses in Washington, the 7-2 losses uh, in, in, in Raleigh and try to do more in Tampa and Sunrise? That to me is a big part of consistency, and I think that that's what they're going to have to work through. It's it's interesting to hear them.
1: We've seen them win games in different ways, and and that was an exciting you know part of of the start of the season. But we've also seen them lose games in many different ways, via the penalty kill or via bad goaltending or, you know, young mistakes that kind of things. So we're getting kind of a, a wholesale experience right now, and and I wonder if that's maybe an accurate reflection of a roster. Specifically on the back end, John, that uh, needed a lot of things to go right in order for I think uh, expectations to be met at least this far through the season.
0: Uh, I I would I would put bottom six in that too, uh, uh, Brendan, because I you know so much of the way the game is played isn't you know you know the 11 or 12 forwards or the six or seven defensemen i mean it's 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 that five-man unit now that expected to work together and the contributions at both ends of the ice because um, i i don't think anybody can sit here and complain about nugent hopkins dry mcdavid hyman and when he was healthy evander kane um but who's who's the who's the supporting cast How are they going to contribute? And then when you go look at the blue line, you know, as as individuals, I mean, Darnell is Darnell. He's not going to change. He, he hopefully, is going to get better with time. But they're committed to him long term. Cody CeCe, I think, has been solid. Uh, Brett Kulak has struggled. You know, there there are different aspects to all of this that that you say gosh you know if we could just get some more consistency because i i do think i do think that's what jay and dave manson brought to the uh, to the dance after they got brought up from bakersfield last year is they were able to ask this team to do certain things and everybody contributed everybody got in and bought into that program and that's what was the difference and then of course once everybody buys in then momentum is created right now for one reason or another there isn't there isn't that level of of buy-in and i'm not saying people aren't trying to do it but they're just it's just not working to the same level as it did uh, when they were on a run last year and because of that there isn't that momentum you know i mean you, you've got to be frustrated uh, with in my mind yamamoto epil even ryan mcleod evan bouchard I mean, these are guys that we made the assumption we're going to get to the next level this year because of all the experience that they've had in the playoffs and and what we saw of them last year they have not been consistent enough and i think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing these ebbs and flows chatting with our nhl insider john shannon right now ryan
1: mcleod had three goals early this season he is now stuck at three goals through 16 games then i start looking at the plus minus stat and who's leading the or i guess you know uh, about to win the green jacket is is dylan holloway yes and evan bouchard all that dash six it's it's not been good enough from players that we were expecting again to see that step forward from um, more so in the case of Bouchard and Paul Yarvey because of the money that they're now making and and even more so as we talked about John in the in the wake of Evander Kane's injury this is where we're going to have to see the bottom six guys step up like Paul Yarvey and and when Yamamoto is healthy certainly from him as well
0: yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, and I would, I, I, was, I mean, we've we've seen a, only a couple of games of experiment. I, I would still like to see the uh, Holloway play on that line with Seidel and, and see what he can, what what can he do as a as a shooter on that line. You know, we've all seen the talent. We know what he can do. In Penticton, he was by far the best player in the whole tournament. So th- that tells you the level that he can get to. Uh, and then the the learning curve of learning how to be a professional. Because uh, it's not like you turn the switch on and, and the lights go on. This is a process of learning how to play at this level, how to be consistent, how to be that intense for 18 to 22 shifts a game, how to maintain focus, uh, all of the while learning how to travel, how to, how, how to live out of a suitcase. I mean, there are things that, 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 that we, I don't think, understand of the, the, the trials and tribulations of, of a, a young guy learning how to be a National Hockey League player. It just doesn't happen overnight to too many guys. And I
1: think that we're seeing that with Evan Bouchard missing Duncan Keith right now I wonder how many of those little nuances that having Keith in the room and and on the road with them and that sort of thing and it's not like Bouchard's just forgotten it all but the presence being there I think is is significant difference is now you're asking guys like Bouchard to take that next step as a first round pick you'd think that he would be able to John how much do you think the schedule is factoring into sort of the ups and downs right now because you look at the home record and and they had that weird spell with 6 in a row at home. Good opponents coming in there. New Jersey's been electric and, and they got the win there at Rogers Place and then you go out with a difficult road trip and and come away with a 500 record. But there's there's some talk on the text line here that you got to factor in who Edmonton has faced and, and maybe that's why they're sitting 9 and 7 right now.
0: Uh, well, that is, so I, I guess that says that we should be patient. Because um, you, you know you're not going to have all these you know good teams coming through. I, I look at what they did to I look what they did to Pittsburgh, what they did to Carolina at home, uh, and then it it didn't seem to come to fruition with uh, Carolina on the road. But I see Tampa and Florida in in their buildings and how well they played. Um, you know the schedule is the schedule for every team in the league uh, and that's that's the one difficult challenge i look at what calgary's gone through you know that's you know calgary's in a similar boat when it comes to the ebbs and flows of you know a home games home stand versus a road trip so you, you have to you have to build that in it, it will work out in the end uh, there will be time at the end, and that's why there are times to be patient. and And this is one of those times where you, I, I think, you do have to be patient, but understand at the same time that the and the players have to be patient about what's going on and how things are changing on a constant basis. You know, but I, I, I you know, and I'm sorry to harp on the word, but it's the consistency of play of some of those young guys that just hasn't been there for one reason or another because and I don't think I may mean, not he the player may know the coach may know but at the same time it's one of those interesting things that you suggest gosh just you know stop thinking and start playing you were a successful junior player you were successful in the, the last couple of years in trying to get to this level in the NHL because you just played the game and you didn't think too much and you now I think we all believe now that most of these guys should know what to do at the appropriate time without taking that extra beat second of thinking because as you know Brendan in this league if you think you're dead yeah and that becomes the issue and that's what you're seeing on a a nightly basis not only with the Oilers but we see lots of young guys in the league but I think it's accentuated with the Bouchards the Yamamoto's the McLeods uh, and the Pujarvis at this point.
1: Yeah, important to remember that development is not linear, right? So despite the success last year, maybe a bit of a check in, and then we'll get back to things as Cam and Red Deer has suggested. It's you know 15 games into the <laughs> season. Let's work through a couple things. It's better than going 15 and 0 out of the gate and then losing in the first round of the playoffs. So uh,
0: I, I yeah. only know one Cam from Red Deer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I only oh, know yeah. one Cam from Red Deer, and he's and he and, and he probably had to use the SPF 50 yesterday.
1: Oh, sure, yes, so. he would have, especially up top.
0: <laughs> John, it's Hall
1: of Fame night tonight, so there's been a lot of fun stuff going on, I believe, in Toronto, of course. and uh, So you've got Roberto Luongo going in. You've got the Sedins. Uh, essentially, you finally got some people from my era of growing up and watching hockey that are getting uh, um, elected into the, the Hall of Fame. Special night and some uh, some Swedish flair to this year's class. I wonder what you can say about the Twins and, and Daniel Alfredson and Luongo.
0: this is one of my favorite nights of the year because uh everybody you go and have contact with tonight uh, has a smile on their face nobody worries about losing nobody worries about winning it's it is a pure celebration of the game of hockey on so many different levels uh and it's just it's if you're a hockey fan no matter what age you will at some point stop and look and see someone who has contributed to the game much greater than you have around the corner, and you get to be able to say hello to them. It is a magical night uh, when it comes to uh, actually being here. And I would, if anybody is ever in Toronto during Hall of Fame week, and whether on business or a holiday, although I don't know who would come to Toronto on a holiday in November. <laughs> You know, it's it's well worth the ticket to be able to come to the Hockey Hall of Fame induction. That said, um, you you know, this is a a fantastically impressive group uh, with Daniel Alfredson and Roberto Luongo and Daniel and Henrik being inducted along with uh, Herb Carnegie. Uh, So to me, uh, it's a, a cross section of what the game means and where the game is going. Luongo was as competitive a person as you can find. He was, and he does have a connection to Edmonton because Grant Fuhr was his favorite player. Brendan, really, uh, and you can see, yeah, and you can see that in that great glove hand of Luongo's, because that was Grant's greatest attribute in goal as well. You never wanted to shoot the Fuhr's glove side, and and Roberto Luongo, as a young kid in suburban Montreal, always wanted to have the great glove hand like Grant Fuhr. Similar styles, they aren't but they still have they both had great glove hands and that tells you the influence of the Edmonton Oilers of the 1980s even today on some of the greats Daniel and Henrik we saw them play lots of times whether it be at Rexall or Rogers Um, I, I think that we should walk away knowing full well we will never in any sport see something as artistic and magical as what those two guys did with the puck on the ice you know when you think about other sports you know whether you know i i thought i thought of the the barber brothers they were both defensive backs they didn't play on the same team in the nfl but have we seen identical brothers play any other sport to this level and the answer is no and we never I, I don't believe we ever will you know they had they, they could communicate mentally they they understood the game and they understood what the other was doing so well it was magnificent and to think they both have more than a thousand points and an olympic gold medal uh is is truly amazing daniel alfredson is a, a cornerstone of the of the senators franchise did so much for the city of ottawa um hopefully he'll come back and be part of the senator's family at some point now uh but he was he was a true competitor uh, and played the game the right way and all four of those players certainly well deserving of a place in the hockey hall of fame i wonder i'll leave you with this john so we have the
1: foster hewitt awards and that goes to the uh you know let's say a play-by-play broadcaster. bill
0: clement this year uh there bill you go. Clement, yeah.
1: However, uh, just generally speaking in in hockey media, I don't believe you can get into the Hall of Fame just as, say, the host of Hockey Night in Canada, for example. Do you believe that there should be uh, some sort of award implemented that expands upon just the play-by-play and colour analysis aspect that's encapsulated by the Foster Hewitt Award and opens it up so that people... like I find it hard to believe that we won't have a place in the Hall of Fame for Ron
0: McLean at some juncture. Um, well, it, it, how, how long do you have? Get, <laughs> Give me you three gotta, minutes. You, you have a, you, okay. Um, this is a travesty of what has gone on. And I know most viewers and most listeners don't care about, you know, broadcasters looking after each other. Uh, but to consider that some of the greatest names in hockey broadcasting who weren't play-by-play men or weren't color men can't be honored with the Foster Hewitt Award is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, And what has happened for too long is the National Hockey League, the Hockey Hall of Fame and the NHL Broadcasters Association have not been on the same page to say we have to revamp the rules of who can win this award and we have to understand the role that hosts and analysts, studio analysts, play in the game. Um, Ron McLean, Dave Hodge, James Duthie, uh, from my childhood, Ward Cornell, cannot win a broadcasting award for hockey, uh, for the Hockey Hall of Fame. It is ridiculous for that not to occur. Uh, and something has to change. I have been writing and advocating about this for 12 years, to no avail. And I just, uh, it's its very frustrating to me. So from that perspective, we should be opening it up and this award up to, to other people, uh, rather than just the people who are in the broadcast booth. But thank you for giving me you know, a minute and 45 seconds for my soapbox.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate you making the case. I, I'm glad to know that uh, that strikes you the way that uh, it strikes me and I'm sure a lot of other journalists. It seems very exclusive, and, and that's not what they're aiming for there.
0: Appreciate your time today, No, it today, should Jonah. be inclusive. Yeah. Uh, it should be inclusive, Brendan, and thank you for asking. Absolutely. Okay, we're up against
1: it, my friend. Thank you very much. We'll chat again Thursday. Cheers. John Shannon's our NHL insider. Evan Cook has the news headlines. Lots to catch up on. We'll do that with you in the next half hour. Oh, yeah. we got lots of time for you. What's your stance on this goaltending situation? I'm sure you've got an opinion. You got some cheers to hand out? Oh, maybe some jeers. You got a problem with the officiating? You wouldn't be alone. Maybe we'll open it up. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Brendan Escott in today. We're back in a few.